God has called us soldiers in the army of the Lord. And he said, endure hardship as a good soldier. And so we are enduring the hardship that comes living in a world that's contrary to what we believe, but we're after this world. We're going to see to it. And I really believe God is preparing us for a revival. There's a lot of shaking going on right now, isn't there, in our world. There's a shaking going on in Hollywood. Thank you, Jesus. There's shaking going on in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Jesus. There's a shaking going on, I'm telling you, in church. There's a shaking going on. Why? I think God's preparing us for revival. I believe we're going to have revival one more time. I've been a part of a great uh, move of God. Uh, by the grace of God, God has graced me to be a part of uh, just some awesome moves of God. I, I was sitting here holding this little leather case that I have here. This was made for me back in 1970-something-something by uh, one of our young people in our youth group uh, where we encountered a, an awesome move of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we were meeting with two or 3,000 young people every month in concerts, and people were getting saved. And lives were being changed. That's where Sam's life was changed, Pastor Sam. And my life was changed. Pastor Jeff Wickwire, some of you know him, his life was changed. And all across and around the world, people's lives were I believe God's going to send revival one more time upon our children, upon our young people. They're going to get to experience the power of the Holy Spirit like never before. Well, today, let me just share with you uh, this message, and this is not a, you know, I believe today, Veterans Day, there are a lot of people that uh, I saw on Facebook and I heard from my friend, they said, we're going to protest the NFL today. We're not going to watch the game. We're not going to attend the game because we're going to protest. Well, this is not a political statement, okay? I'm just here giving you a sermon illustration. Some of you wore your Houston Astros t-shirts and all the props to the Houston Astros. Uh, Texas Rangers couldn't get in. So I was for the Texas team that did make it. And so they did well. So props to the Houston Astros. But uh, this is not a political statement. This is, and I hope this illustration that came to me as I was watching a football game the other night. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was watching a football game. And while I was watching a football game, the Lord spoke to me. Can you believe the Lord will speak to you in any occasion? You don't have to be in church for the Lord to speak to you. Well, He spoke to me at that football game spoke to me again. This Wednesday night, I was watching, this past Wednesday, I was watching the Dallas Cowboys play Kansas City Chiefs. Now, did the Dallas Cowboys play the Kansas City Chiefs Wednesday night? Anybody know? Nobody knows? No, they didn't play Wednesday night. When did they play? Anybody know when they played? They played last Sunday. And I heard what the score was. I didn't get to watch it. I was on the road. Matter of fact, I was at Church on the Rock in Katy, Texas, uh, where uh, Pastor Jorge Cardenas is pastor. And they their church was under two foot of water in their sanctuary. Their 10,000-foot sanctuary had two foot of water all over their sanctuary during the hurricane, Harvey. And they just got back into it last week. And so we went to celebrate with them, and I preached there. But uh, where was I? I kind of, I'm chasing these rabbits, you know, I get just, I was watching a game. And I was traveling, so I didn't get to watch the Cowboys live. Usually when I'm watching the Cowboys live, I'm texting Pastor Sam, especially when the Cowboys mess up. Can you believe they just did that? Oh, this is a terrible thing. Then they do something good. I say, oh, man, they're not so bad after all. And we're texting back and forth. Well, I didn't get to do that this past Sunday because I missed the game. But I was watching TV, and I saw where the Cowboys were playing or they were going to do a rerun, and I watched the game. You know what? 
During that game, as I was watching on a Wednesday night, I never got upset at the Cowboys. I didn't get upset when Kansas City scored at the very end of the first half. They scored a touchdown, a crazy play. In the last two seconds, they scored a touchdown. And then I didn't get upset when they scored a touchdown at the beginning of the second half. They scored a touchdown and went ahead of the Cowboys. I didn't get upset. I didn't I wasn't worried. I didn't get agitated. I just sit there and I watch the game. You know why? Because I already knew the score. I knew the outcome of the game. And when I think about that, there's a lot of things that go on in our world, in the church world. You know what? Jesus is watching us. He's watching the church. He's watching our goofs-ups, our mess-ups, places where we fumble, places where we mess. But he never, he's never worried because he knows what? The outcome's already been written. And the church is going to prevail. The gates of hell is not going to prevail against the church. Jesus knows that. We just don't know that sometimes. And we get worried, we get agitated, but let me just tell you, there's nothing to worry about. Jesus said, don't worry. I mean, just don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Because it's all going to be okay. Well, that was uh, one of the football games I was watching. But a couple of weeks ago, I was watching... University of Texas play Kansas State. And in this game, it went to a second overtime. Nobody could win. They just kept tying up. And they went to a second overtime. And it was the very last play of the game. They were on about the University of Texas football team was on about the three-yard line. And they handed the ball off to the runner, and he got stood up on about the two-yard line. He could not move. But he didn't fall down. He continued to kind of move his legs. and He kind of tried to get his momentum going, but he just couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, I watched as the rest of the players in mass came running towards him and began to push him till he made it across the goal line. And they scored a touchdown. They won. Matter of fact, if you got it, I think we're going to watch about the 30 seconds, but it's really the last play of the game that you'll see this on uh, video. Uh, they're just showing all the times they score. This is Kansas State. They scored. 34-34. Missed the field goal now. Here it is. This is the play. Can't go anywhere. The team got... Ah, you see it? Pushed him across the goal line. And as I was watching that, I immediately, the the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And I heard these words, resist your resistance. Resist your resistance. What was that young man doing? He had that ball. And where's that? My hair, I have my football up here. Throw it. Come on, come on. That's pretty good. All right. He had that football, and he was right on the three. I got Pastor Sam had his goalposts. I moved it this morning, made a big mess. Some of you didn't see that, I'm glad. But he was standing on about the three-yard line, and when he started to go across that goal line, Kansas State, all the players came to resist his resist. He was, I mean, making momentum, and then all of a sudden he just stopped in his tracks. But like I said, he didn't fall down. The Lord began to speak to me. He said, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to resist the resistance that's coming against you, that's trying to keep you from crossing over the goal line and reaching the victory that I've called you to reach. 
And then I thought of the scripture in James. I want you to turn with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Well, we might as well read verse 6 because there's a therefore, therefore, so we need to see what therefore means. Verse 6 says, but he gives grace, he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Just the first few words of verse 8, draw near to God, and he will Draw near to you. Will you read verse 7 with me? Re- read it out loud, all right? Let's read it together. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Would you read it one more time? I want to hear you read it. Okay, say it right. Go. Will flee from... I like that. You know, this is just kind of a, a side note. You know, the, the Bible never teaches us to rebuke the devil. You know that? It tells us to resist him, but it never tells us to rebuke him. You know why? And and I think the devil kind of gets us off track sometimes. Matter of fact, I think the devil gets us off track a lot of times. But many times we'll go to the place of prayer and we spend our time in prayer rebuking the devil. Satan, I rebuke you. I'll Satan, I rebuke you. I rebuke you for this. And we spend our prayer time focused on the devil and not focused on Jesus. And the Bible says, in Zechariah 3, 1 and 2, it says, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him, to resist him. And the Lord said to Satan, Who said to Satan? The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. And then Jude 1, 9. Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses. Now, Moses, you know, went up into the mountain and God says, you, you can look at the promise of him, you can't go over. And he said, you're going to die on top of this mountain. And he died. And apparently the devil and the angels of God were disputing about the very body of Moses. And it says when that happened, they were disputing about the body of Moses, but Michael the archangel dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, what? The Lord rebuke you. And Malachi 3.11, familiar passage of Scripture. Anybody know what Malachi 3.11 says? Anybody know about bringing the tithe into the storehouse? And the Lord says, what will I do? He says, I will rebuke the devil. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'll do the rebuking. You resist him, let me rebuke him. And so he has the authority over Satan. Believers are not called to rebuke them. Now, we are called from time to time, if there's a believer that falls into sin, to rebuke believers that fall into sin and are unwilling to repent. But we're never called to rebuke the devil because many times the enemy, as I said, he, he gets our attention. He says, put your attention on me. Talk to me. Don't talk to God. Talk to me. Rebuke me. And I think he gets our attention. And so we're not to rebuke him, but we are to resist him. And if we resist him and we let God rebuke him, we're going to end up in a place of victory. Well, how do we resist 
the resistance that's coming against it. Everybody in this room probably has something that is keeping you from making it to your place of victory. So I don't know what it is. It may be a physical need that you have. Maybe a financial need. Maybe a need in your family that you're resisting. There's something resisting you. And we want to help you today. And I believe we're going to help some people. We're going to end up in this altar. And we're going to help you resist the resistance that's coming against you. And I want to do something right now. First of all, uh, I want everybody to get one of those. I mean, would y'all hand those footballs out? I want everybody to get one of these full footballs. This is for you to take with you. This is I'm, It's going to represent something here in just a moment. But just... Everybody get one of these uh, footballs. That's going to represent something that you're going to bring with you into the altar. How do we resist our resistance? Oh, you got the cute one, didn't you, Leaves? All right, everybody got? All right. James 4, 7, and 8. Need one more over there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now you could have thrown. It's not going to hurt anybody to throw those balls. How do you resist... The resistance is coming against you. Number one, according to James chapter 4, verse 7, what do you do? Submit to God. Submit to God. Now, how in the world do you submit to God? You just kind of give in to Him. I give up. I'm giving in to you. How do you do that? Well, the first way you do that, if you're going to submit to God, you've got to repent. If there's anything in your life that you've not repented of, you're going this direction. You say, no, I'm going to submit to God. Then you're going to start, repent means you're going to turn around and say, God, I'm going to go your direction. That's the first thing you've got to do. You've got to repent. It's that simple. Repent. I turn around to God. I repent. And then what's the second thing? Then it says you've got to, according to Luke 17, 3, you've got to forgive anyone that's wronged you. I repent. Lord, I turn toward you. And then he says, okay, there's some folks you've got to forgive. I want you to receive my forgiveness but I want you in turn to forgive others that have wronged you. Uh, if you're submitting to God, you've got to forgive. Uh, I, I know some of you in this room have been wronged by someone. You didn't do wrong, but you were wronged. And I always liken unforgiveness. We have people in our life that we just, it's just hard to turn them over to God. Uh, we have those people in our life that's just hard to forgive. There ain't anybody just hard to forgive because they hadn't changed. They're still the same mean old people they've ever been. And the Lord says, well, I've forgiven you. Now I want you to forgive so-and-so. And you say, oh, that's hard to do. How do I do that? Sometimes what we do with people, we take people, and we've got a cage in our heart, and we put people in a cage in our heart. And every once in a while, something will happen that will remind us of that person and we'll pull that person out of that cage in our heart and we'll say, oh, I can't believe you did that to me. And we beat on them a while. Then we put them back in the cage in our heart. Now, they're going living their life, but they're controlling our life because we haven't forgiven them. But what you've got to do is take that person out of the cage in your heart and you say, God, I'm going to give them to you. 
I'm just going to give them to you. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do. But, Lord, I'm going to forgive them. Now, forgiveness means simply that we're commanded to forgive. And if you submit to God, He's going to say, you've got to forgive that person. And you've got to say, Lord, I'm going to do this by faith. It's not by how you feel. It's, Lord, I'm going to forgive them. Now, Lord, help me. Help me. Not to look at them the way I look at them today. Help me to release them to you. You've got to forgive. You've got to repent. You've got to forgive. And then the Bible says, casting all your care upon him. This is how you submit to God. You cast your care upon the Lord. And that is, you're saying, Lord, I trust you with my life. I'm submitting myself to you, and I trust you. I trust you with those people that I've just freed. I trust you with my future. I trust you with my life. I'm giving myself to you. I'm submitting myself to you. You know I do that every, every morning. When I wake up and I go to the place of prayer, I'm submitting myself to God every morning. I'm saying, Lord, today I'm submitting myself to your purpose for my life. I give myself to you. If there's anything I need to repent of, the Holy Spirit reminds me. If there's anyone I need to forgive, the Holy Spirit reminds me. And then, Lord, I cast my cares, my worries, my doubts. I cast this out upon you because I'm going to trust you with all of my heart. And as I do that every day, what am I doing? I'm submitting myself to God. And then the next thing it says to do, what are we to do? Submit to God, and then what? What's second? Resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? I'm doing this throughout the day. I'm resisting the devil. I'm a po- I mean, he is coming against me. Things are coming against me. Life's coming against me. And I'm having to resist him every... Oh, I'm just... I see the goal line. And I say, oh, there I am. I'm almost... And I... Oh. And the enemy's resisting me. And now I've got to stand up and resist him. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, Stand, therefore. Having done everything, stand. So that you might withstand that you might resist the evil one. So the first thing you do, how you resist the devil, is you stand. The man that was, the young man that was running that ball, you know what he did? He just stayed on his feet. As long as his knee didn't hit the ground, he was still making momentum forward. If his knee hit the ground, he was going to be down, not get a touchdown. But he remained standing and he was able to remain standing till his teammates came and helped him get across the goal line. And so some of you today, I'm just going to tell you something. You need to remain standing. Don't fall down. Don't lose your momentum. Just keep moving forward. You may not think you're making any progress. I want to say something. You're making progress. If you're standing, having done all to stand, stand therefore. And you stand with what? Fully clothed in the armor of God. Do you put on the armor every day? Every day. Do you teach your children to put on the armor every day? Oh, it's important. I do this today. I'm 65 years old. I've been putting on the armor of God every day for since I learned about it, probably back when I was in my 20s. I learned a lot about the putting on the full armor of God. And I've been putting on it every day. I taught my children when they're going to school about putting on the armor of God. Every day. I'm putting on the armor of God. You know what it is? I gird my loins with what? Truth, I have on the breastplate of righteousness. I stand in His righteousness, not mine. I shod my feet with a readiness of the gospel of peace. Above all, I take the shield of faith. Do what with that? Quench all those fiery darts of the wicked one. I put on a 
helmet of salvation. And I say this, I gird up the loins of my mind. I bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know what? I have to secure that helmet all throughout the day because I have all kinds of thoughts go through my head. And I have to, oh, no, I got on the helmet of salvation. And that salvation is complete salvation of my spirit, my soul, and my body. And I have to gird up the loins of my mind, bring my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Then I take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it says the Word of God is like a two-edged sword. Can I tell you something about that two-edged sword? Do you know what that word means in the Greek, two-edged? If you look it up in the Greek, it means two-mouthed sword. Two-mouthed sword. That's what they would call a double-edged sword, a two-mouthed sword. But think about this. God's mouth, this is His mouth right here. This He spoke this word to us. In our mouth makes the sword of the Spirit a two-edged sword. God's mouth, out of my mouth, makes it a two-edged sword. And so I take the two-edged sword. I take the Word of God. And then there's another piece of the armor that's not mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6, but I put it on every day. I put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I'm telling you, in our world we live in, we need a garment of praise. There's a lot of heaviness around. But I put on the armor, I stand. I clothe myself in the armor of God, and I stand. Watch, stand fast in the faith. I stand in faith. You know what faith is? Stand in faith. You know what faith is? Let me give you a definition of faith. Faith. Now, you can substitute this definition for the word faith throughout the Bible. Faith is advanced information that you've received from God that you're to act upon. That's what faith is. Faith is advanced information. This is it. This is our advanced information that we receive from God that we're to act upon. So faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing by the Word of God. This advanced information comes by hearing this Word of God. And so we stand clothed in the armor of God. We stand in faith. We don't lose our momentum. We continue with our forward progress. And then the Bible says at the end of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, says, then we pray. Praying with all prayer and supplication in our spirit, watching thereunto with perseverance and supplication for all saints. You stand. You stand clothed in the armor of God. You stand in faith. Then you pray. Then you pray. And if you will do those things, this is what's happening, you are resisting the resistance that's coming against you. And then let me tell you what's going to happen after you stand, after you clothe yourself in the armor of God, after you stand in faith and you speak God's Word, after you begin to pray, then let me tell you what's going to happen. Then you're going to get some help. First of all, like Paul the Apostle, he needed some help. In Romans chapter 15, verse 30, here's what he said to the church at Rome. He says, Strive together with me in prayers to God that I may be delivered. He said, I am met up with some resistance. I can't break through. But will you, church, pray with me? If you will pray with me, I know God will deliver me. He said in Philippians 1.19, this is going to turn out for my deliverance. I've met some resistance. He's been imprisoned. And he said, I've met some resistance. But this is going to turn out for my deliverance 
through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. You know, when Peter found himself in prison in Acts chapter 12, James had just been killed. And he became a martyr. And that pleased all the Jews, the religious people. And the king said, you know what? That pleased him so much. I think I'll kill somebody else. So he went after Peter. And he put Peter in prison. You know what the Bible says in Acts 12.5 about prayer? It says, but constant prayer was lifted up, offered up by the church for Peter. James had been killed. I don't know what, something happened. They had kind of slacked up in their prayer. But James had been killed. Now Peter was in prison, and now it says constant prayer was offered up to God by the church. And what happened? An angel showed up in Peter's cell. Broke the chains off of him. Said, Peter, come on, let's get out of here. Peter thought he was having a vision, but he was really an angel. And Peter left the prison and went to where the church was offering up prayer. He knocked on the door. The little girl came to the door, and she heard the voice of Peter. She ran back to the, where the people were praying. They said, Peter's outside. They said, oh, no, there's no way. He's in prison. <laughs> How much faith does it take to move the hand of God? It takes just enough faith to pray. They didn't have any faith. They were praying for his deliverance. He was delivered. And they said, no way. There's no way he could be delivered. He's in prison. How much faith does it take to move the hand of God? Enough faith to pray. And finally they went back and Peter came in and told them what had happened. But he needed the prayers of the church to get him through that situation. We see it again. We see this, that Jesus himself, I thought about Jesus when he was in the garden before he, the night he was crucified. What did he say to his disciples, his closest friends? He said, man, I'm meeting some resistance here. And I need your help. Would you pray with me? And he goes off and he prays and he's resisting the enemy that's trying to convince him that this is not the way to go. And he, oh, I need, it says he sweat great drops of blood. He gets up and he goes back to find his disciples. And they were all what? Sleeping. He said, man, come on. Don't you understand? I need your help. Pray with me. Could you not tarry just one hour with me? Jesus was meeting some resistance, and he couldn't do it alone. He needed help. Constant prayer was offered up by the church, by the believers. When you pray, when you stand, you clothe yourself in the armor of God. When you stand in faith and you begin to pray, then what happens? Then the, what's that say? This guy doesn't even play for the Cowboys anymore, but I like this jersey because it said church. Because what happens? The church comes, gets behind you, and begins to pray. And not only does the church get behind you and begin to pray, what is Jesus doing right now? He ever lives to make intercession for us. When we stand, we pray. The church gets behind us and prays. Jesus saying, don't worry, I'm here praying for you. What is he praying? I believe he's praying the same prayer he prayed for Peter. What he said, Peter, I'm going to pray for you. Devil's after you. 
And I'm praying for you, what? That your faith won't fail you. Don't let my promises fail you, Peter. Don't let what I've told you in the Word of God fail you. I'm praying for you. And then we read in Romans chapter 8, not only does Jesus pray for us, but who else is praying with us? The Holy Spirit. Even in our weakness, when we're doing everything we can, He said the Holy Spirit knows our weakness. And He's there to help us, to pray with us and to pray through us. And He always prays according to the will of God. So, in just a moment, we're going to come into this altar. That football that you hold in your hand, we're going to let that just represent faith. Okay, that represents faith. Your faith, the faith that you have. Faith that maybe just a much of it. Everybody in this room has faith. And you're going to stand. You're going to stand in faith, clothed in the full armor of God. You're going to stand and you're going to pray. And some of you need some help this morning. You prayed. Lord, I prayed. I don't know what else to do. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And you need some help just like Paul did, just like Peter did, just like Jesus did. He needed some help. And so the church today is going to get behind you and we're going to pray. We're going to push just like that young man was holding that ball, trying to cross the fence. He needed some help to get across the goal line. And so his teammates came around him and pushed him across the goal line. We're going to push some of you across the goal line today. Church is going to pray. Jesus is praying for us. The Holy Spirit is in the process of interceding for you too. And I guarantee, I promise you, if we'll offer up this kind of constant prayer, we're going to make it across to the goal line. We're going to make it across to the finish line, to our place of victory. And this is the victory that overcame the world, even our faith. So who's in this room right now that's facing some resistance? Something's come against you pushing against you and you're trying you doing your best doing everything you know to do sometimes when you do everything you know to do it's still not enough you need some help you know what we're better together i need you you need me and we need to join together as the body of christ as the church we need to pray for one another so i'm going to ask you if you say hey i've got some things in my life maybe physical maybe financial Maybe in your family, maybe on your job. I met some resistance and I can't seem to break through the resistance. I need some help. I'm going to help you today. We're going to help you today. So I'm going to ask you to come. Bring your faith, the faith that the Lord's given you. Bring it with you and come just stand with me in this altar right now. We're going to pray for one another right now. Just come and stand with me right here. We're going to believe God. Whatever your resistance is, we're going to break through. Going to break through. I don't know what it is, but I know the Lord's looking down on this moment right now. He's praying for you. Think about that. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is praying for you. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you. Now we, the church, the body of Christ, we're going to intercede with you. I'm going to ask everybody, that you're, if you're part of the church, the body of Christ, I want you to come and stand behind these that are here. Knowing as you stand behind them, Jesus is standing behind you, and the Holy Spirit is standing behind Him, and we're praying together. And we're going to believe the Lord as we push together, we press together, and we're going to believe God. Whatever you're coming against, it's going to be broken in the name of Jesus. Would you just begin to pray? Church, just begin to pray. Constant prayer was offered up.
by the church. Lord, we agree right now. We pray in the Spirit. We pray in our understanding, Lord. Lord, there's going to be breakthrough here today, Lord. Lord, we're going to break through the resistance of the enemy. We break the resistance. We break through the resistance. Lord, we bring our faith. Lord, we bring the information you've given us. We bring the Word of God. We bring the promises of God with us. Lord, we stand in faith, clothed in the full armor of God. Lord, here this morning, we gird our loins with truth. We have on the breastplate of righteousness. We shot our feet with the readiness of the gospel that brings peace. Lord, above all, we take that shield of faith. We quench these fiery darts of the wicked one. We put on a helmet of salvation right now, girding up the loins of our mind, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Lord, we put on a garment of praise for any heaviness. We declare the joy of the Lord is our strength here this morning. Lord, we press across the goal line. We press into victory, Lord. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Lord, we resist our resistance. And Lord, when we do that, Lord, I believe your promise to us, Father, is that then you will rebuke the devourer for us. So, Father, we trust you to rebuke the enemy right now. You rebuke him. You rebuke the devourer. You rebuke sickness. You rebuke lack right now, Lord, we pray. We resist. We stand. We stand, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We stand, Lord. Now look at me. Let me just tell you, just keep standing. Now, if you do fall down, have anybody ever fallen down? I have. The righteous man falls down, but he gets back up seven times. Just gets right back up. We got others around that's going to help you. You ever seen somebody fall down? You go, oh, come on, let me help you up. We help each other up. That's why we're here. That's why we're a body. We need each other. We need the church. We need each other, the body of Christ. I'm believing God is going to give breakthrough, not only to you personally, but even to this body of believers. You know, there's an enemy out there that doesn't want the church to succeed. But I'm going to tell you something. They're going to lose. The church is going to win. And we are representative. This congregation is representing the body of Christ. And there are people... Out in this community, this church is supposed to reach. And the enemy saying, no, you don't. we got to stand and say, yes, we are. And the church is going to pray. Jesus is praying. The Holy Spirit is praying. And he's pushing us across the finish line for his glory. Amen? Amen? You got it? Resist your resistance. How? Submit to God. Stand. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, just keep standing. Just keep on standing. Just keep standing. You're going to make it. Just keep standing. You're going to make it. Can't fail. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. God bless you. God bless you guys. Remember this word, okay? Resist your resistance.
Well, it's getting almost time to close church. So, it, it, I, let me say something to you. Thank you all for opening your building for other churches, helping church uh, churches have church. It's pretty awesome. Uh, unheard of. Uh, I'm glad this building did not flood. And God knew, okay, I'm going to keep this building available for the other congregations that meet in here. And so what a what an awesome thing you've done and what a testimony that is. I'm sharing that. Where I go, I share that about Church of the North. It's what they've done. They opened up their building. Other churches coming and uh, able to do what you've done here this morning to worship the Lord and honor Him. So I thank you for allowing me to help you resist your resistance. Amen? Amen.